On Eat This, Drink That, a program about food, drink, and quality of life, we often deal with things around the topic of quality of life more than anything else. And what could be more about quality of life today, the, uh, well, the 21st of, of, uh, of October, than the topic of politics. And in fact, we are here, Election Day, Canada, Decision 20, 2019, I think that's what they call it. And who but we could ask Todd Robson for his impression of today's activities and perhaps some predictions about the future. Todd, welcome. Hey, Hugh. Thanks for having me back on. I love your energy. Do you think that uh, people are turning out to vote in larger numbers than even last time? You know, I don't know. I was talking with a few people about this, even today, where I know the advance poll numbers were up substantially. And I know we don't always give Elections Canada a lot of credit, but I think having that four-day window especially over Thanksgiving, pretty much uh, like, you know, was was the perfect opportunity to really get out that vote and maximize advanced polling. And as well, I kind of think it was sort of the onset of a lot of digital voting. Uh, we've seen municipally and, and sort of these expanded advanced polling opportunities. I think people like to get it out of the way and get it over with, because I think we're all exhausted by the doing a full day of work or getting the kids fed than standing in line for an hour and a half, usually in uh, in the cold November rain, but this time it's October, it's October. in That's front of true. a high school for uh, for a bunch of time. So well, I think I think the advanced numbers are very impressive. Well, they say Though get out early, I, vote early, vote often. Yeah, yeah, vote <laughs> twice if uh, if you're voting for Paul Martin Senior. Uh, was gonna say though, um, from what I also see on the the sort of other side of of the spectrum is there's an enormous amount of sort of voter exhaustion mm. and disengaged voters. I think the veneer of Justin Trudeau has really cracked over the last uh, the last year especially. And I think that uh, that big passionate groundswell of young sort of, you know, not to be all cliche, those millennial voters or those first-time voters. Do you think they've evaporated? Really showed up last time. Um, I don't think they are as engaged. So they've eva- um, those so- numbers are going to evaporate for him. I think there. I think he's lost a lot of those numbers now. Whether like you know is Jugmeet Singh uh, Trudeau 2.0 uh, with the enthusiasm? He might have stolen those, so we might see that population voting, or they just might not show up. But I'll be curious as well with a very negative campaign. I'll be honest in like you know I know what my political leanings are. Uh, like you know I wasn't impressed really with any of them. Well, that um, Jugmeet that- Singh. That, that raises a very interesting point, because uh, if it's not um, addressing your needs, it's probably not addressing a lot of people's needs. Yeah, and uh, like, you know, where I see it, uh, to give Jagmeet Singh credit in the NDP, uh, like, you know, I think he, uh, he had, like, you know, the, the, the big defibrillator on that party in that campaign, and I believe he saved the party. Uh, two months ago, I was sitting with people doing some campaign strategy, and they were putting the NDP uh, not even at party status, uh, not even at double digits. So uh, we could see them actually, like you know, probably hitting 35 seats. So I think he his campaign probably had the most integrity, and probably the most enthusiasm, and uh, like you know, he didn't go negative. Or when he did have to come back and be critical, he wasn't he wasn't sort of that that harsh sort of malicious. Uh, negativity that we saw. Out it's of the, true. Out of he, the he deflected. Story. He deflected a lot of that, didn't he? He just said, "You know, I'm not going to deal with that." Yeah. 
So yeah, and as well, when I when I come out with a with a campaign that at least was honest, uh, my my wife and I were joking when we watched the uh, the English national debate. The only guy I thought was honest in that whole debate was the block guy. If I could vote for him, I would. But uh, well, we can't. And in fact, uh, yeah. let's go back a little deeper. It, it is this true? Uh, I've only been aware of it in a couple of articles. Is there was there something called Project Cactus put on by? Uh, perhaps a faction of the Conservative Party to make Maxine Bernier just seem un, unwelcome, un, un, unpalatable. Well, you know, and where I think people need to take a step back on that is every campaign does opposition research. That's part of every campaign. Uh, and no matter what level you're at. You're if, a, if you're a municipal uh, politician, you're doing it provincial and federal. And I think, uh, I think the Liberals were a little, uh, well, I guess it was their turn to be virtuous on how offended they were by this, because like, you know, when you look at all of the information the Liberals had on Andrew Shear's dad, Andrew Shear's like, you know, LinkedIn profile where uh, whether he was or wasn't a, a certified or a qualified uh, okay. insurance agent, what, 20 years ago, they all did it. And uh, quite honestly, if it was the Tories, you know, they just got caught last. And, and as well with that, where I, I think, why that became a big deal. Uh, and like I said, it was only a big deal to probably the media. Now, let's go a little, well, not even 24 hours from now. What's your prediction? Where are we going to be? I think I think it's going to be close. Well, if it's close, uh, if it's close on a national scale, I'm sure it's going to be close on the, the, the local scale as well. <laughs> I think there will yeah, be those gonna... 16 votes that sometimes separate somebody from winning and losing. <laughs> Yeah, and I think where you're going to see the big, uh, the big, the big impact is going to be. I, I think the Liberals' last election had something like 50, 55 seats, all within uh, zero to five percent uh, margin of victory. That is um, close, and that's gone. Hmm. That's gone with the the Trudeau wave receding, uh, the NDP surge, the Bloc surge, uh, even uh, even the Tory uh, the Tory surge. Right, the Tories got shut out in Eastern. Canada, you're going to see them coming back. Uh, the Liberals made good in-grounds uh, out west. I think that's gone. Um, now the block is gone from, what, 10 seats last election. They're predicted to be, like, you know, up to potentially 40. Mm. So I think it's going to be that race to 135 seats is going to form government. Um, and then it's just going to be uh, the Faustian deal. Well, Either uh, Justin Trudeau or Andrew Scheer has to make. I would say it's going to be the Liberals probably with about 135 seats uh, and the Tories nipping at their heels with maybe 128 and then just between the NDP 30 and change, the Bloc 30 and change. And, uh, you know, I think the Greens might, I think the Greens led such a horrible campaign, they could be shut out, but they'll probably get their one token one token seat. I, I think they'll probably have four, but, uh, you know, the gloves are off on even the leaders. There used to be a time when there was a gentleman's agreement that you wouldn't run a strong candidate in the riding where the leader of another party was. Now, I, I'm not sure what's happening out in Elizabeth Mayland, but uh, my belief is that there are candidates out there who are strong and visible. And, I mean, we, Jagmeet Singh's seat is not even for sure. Mm-hmm. I mean, we well, could you know, see an upset uh, there. Like, you know, go back in time, Kim Campbell got thumped. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, right out of her riding, Jean Chouet, uh as premier of Quebec, lost his uh, lost his riding. Um, remember John Tory in a true uh, a true uh, like you know fashionable sense of irony, lost to uh, Kathleen Wynne. Yes, uh, down in Don Valley. So yeah, no leaders are leaders are never guaranteed. Damn, you'd hope they should be, but uh, but yeah, when uh, when the people speak or the people get cranky or like you know. How a campaign looks on the first day with how it looks on the last day is uh, is seldom ever the same. So, well, is the weather good yeah. across Canada? Apparently, if the weather is good or at least not despicable, uh, the incumbents will win. If it's rainy or snowy, uh, Canada wants change. Uh, I know here it's, it's gray skies. Uh, tomorrow morning when we wake up and I give you a call, well, it may be a different landscape. Yeah, and uh, I usually go by market research as opposed to the Farmer's Almanac when it comes uh, to predicting <laughs> incumbency rates and, and electoral victories. I think what, what it's going to take is who gets out the vote. Uh, and we've seen it time and time again where campaigns do, like, you know, like the NDP, I just don't have a lot of intel on them. Like the NDP have, uh, like, you know, a nice uptick in popularity. But if they don't have a ground game, it's going to be tough for them to, to capitalize. Uh, the Tories are notorious for being extremely effective on the ground. Well, um, get out the vote the is Liberal, all about it. I mean, if you don't mark yeah. that X, that it just doesn't matter, does it? Yeah, and I know a lot of Liberal campaigns, it, it seems to be a, a yin or a yang, where they are either extremely stacked out and sort of ready for war, or... Uh, or sort of a ragtag uh, mom and pop outfit, and yeah, and uh, and it's looking dire for a lot of them. But I think uh, I think the big uh, the big message will be, like you know, it'll be probably like you know later in the week when uh, when people want to really do their get their get their knives out to truly stab people in the back and do their analysis by hindsight. But like you know, Justin Trudeau last election, what did they come in with? Uh, with 184 seats. If he goes down to 135, 140, like, you know, that is a colossal loss. And, well, you know, the only thing a liberal really needs to fear, other than a conservative, is more liberals. Liberal. <laughs> and, uh, and, uh, and it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how he explains or survives. What I think you're going to see, and I'm going to say this before I am uh, predicting in hindsight, I think this is going to be a lot like uh, the Paul Martin Stephen Harper first election, hmm. where uh, Harper snuck in, I mean, where Martin snuck in his minority. Remember, he had Bono down, and he was almost a coronation of uh, everyone's, uh, you know, the best prime minister that Canada was ever supposed to have was Paul Martin, uh, and then just completely frittered away that election. Um, and then the election after that uh, led to 10 years of Stephen Harper. So I think if Andrew Scheer, you know, the Conservatives got just under 100 seats, I would say 99 last election. If uh, if he can get those numbers up to 120, 130, those are marketable gains against what was a very difficult opponent in Justin Trudeau. I think Scheer is just a matter of, I hate to say, go back to the gym and get ready for a rematch in uh, 2022. Well, we'll find out tomorrow. Todd Robson, thank you so much for your time today. Today being Election Day, tomorrow analysis. Let's break it down, see what happens. I'll talk to you tomorrow. Hey, you, <laughs> I have one question for you. What is What wine best pairs with watching an election? Oh, that depends on which party you're really <laughs> rallying for. Todd, thanks for your time today. 
Hey, no problem, Hugh. Uh, have a great night, and we'll uh, we'll chat tomorrow. So uh, here we are. I, I don't know how many hours after. I mean, there's still some some uh, results to come in, right? There's still a couple of places that are not fully confirmed, Todd. Yeah, I think there's a couple of slow counts in that, but I don't think it's going to change anything no. for the. So here we are, Tuesday, the 22nd of, of October, and I'm chatting with uh, Todd Robson again about, oh, well, the, now it's the, the fallout in some ways. Uh, the vote has been done. People are, we know who it is, pretty much. We know we've got a minority liberal. You predicted it. Yeah, I, uh, I didn't predict that strong of a, of a liberal minority. Um, no, it did come a little higher than expected, didn't it? Yeah, I think a lot of people... Uh, I think we underestimated uh, the Liberal strength in Ontario um, because, uh, like, you know, the 416 and the 905 uh, was a fortress for them. And I think a lot of people thought that had been breached, whether it was the ground game, whether it was just a Liberal stronghold, whether it was Doug Ford, who knows. Um, but I think that uh, that took people by surprise. And as well, I think um, the NDP surge, that wasn't... I think Jugmeetson might have had a lot of wind in his sails, but when a party doesn't have any money or, or much of a ground game, um, like, you know, when they do get that late burst of energy, it, it doesn't often translate to the polls. No, uh, I was going to say, maybe that. they just didn't get the voters out. You know, a bit of the voters out, and as well, I think, um, like I said, everyone speculates and uh, chimes in and tries to be a, an armchair expert. There was... There was a lot of talk of, uh, of disillusioned uh, liberal voters staying home. Um, I don't think that happened either. So I guess the, I think Justin Trudeau, like, you know, he, he lost uh, a tremendous amount of seats. Uh, he was not rewarded a majority mandate uh, despite uh, the, 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 like, you know, the optimism in his tone and the way he's approaching things. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he got uh, a minority that probably with an NDP that's in the poorhouse um, will likely probably support for the, for the next, uh, I would say, yeah. You know, uh, minority government usually lasts a year and a half, year and seven months, I think. But, uh, yeah, probably get about two years. So Okay, so you're, pre- you're, pre- you're predicting 2021 for another election? Oh, no. <laughs> well, like, you know, these, these usually don't last... Well, it wouldn't more take much. More than a year and a half. It so, would not take oh, much, else? right, to to take the gloss off his numbers. All we need to do is get uh, the block together with the conservatives. Well, that's kind of unusual, but uh, it wouldn't take much to just to push and a couple of guys, gals being away, and uh, you can uh, that could be it. Yeah, no, like I said, politics is uh, is the land of frenemies. So. Uh, so, uh, so who knows? Like, you know what I mean? The, uh, uh, an enemy of, of my enemy is my friend, so, so we'll have to see what happens with the opposition. Like, you know, I would think they, uh, they'll just, yeah, it'll take time to, to shake out, point some fingers, and uh, everyone's got to get their stuff back together, and, and who knows? Well, I've got, I've got this one for you, uh, and I heard it. I haven't seen it. I haven't read today's Globe and Mail. I'm a little bit out of touch because I'm at another activity. Conservatives won the popular vote? Yeah, they won the popular vote. So uh, anyone who, uh, like, you know, wanted proportional representation might be looking at that again. But, uh, but yeah, so uh, like I said, when, when Trudeau's going in, he's not going in with a majority mandate or even the mandate of, uh, of plurality. 
Um, so it, it will be interesting how long the liberals can spin this uh, as a victory and not necessarily as just uh, just not losing worse. Well, Pshir's come out swinging already. Yeah, but he might be fighting for his job. It'll be interesting. I wish, uh, like, you know, it's a shame they, they didn't have that more on the campaign. But, like I said, whenever, uh, the day after election, everyone's an expert and everyone, uh, <laughs> everyone seems to know what they should have done. Weather was good generally across the country. It's not, uh, it's not November, it's only October. Uh, we should have had, what was our, our, I heard that one of the writings, like here in Northern Ontario, I think it was Sault Ste. Marie, had 62% turnout. Did you get any sense of whether this was up or down compared to previous years? You know, I think they, I think that uh, Sault Ste. Marie number, I think the reporter might have gotten a little bit wrong because uh, they weren't including uh, advanced polls from 2015. But I believe, uh, I believe they said in uh, in Northern Ontario or Northeastern Ontario, there were 20,000 fewer voters. So I believe voter turnout was down. But right. uh, it must have been down equally because, uh, uh, because yeah, in uh, in northern Ontario, yeah, uh, nothing changed. Yeah, yes. I think in the northwest, but but who knows? But um, prairie provinces, pretty much, especially Alberta, mm-hmm. it's 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 a different. Co- I mean, it's an not an unexpected color. No, no, not at all. And like you know what I mean with Alberta and uh, the oil patch themes. Whenever the dollar goes down, they seem to go right. So the dollar's down, or at least the price of oil's down, so they seem to lash out and vote conservative. But, like, yep. you know what I mean? Um, like, you know, for Andrew Shear to say that, you know, he's uh, he's going to make sure every day he wakes up to protect the uh, the energy industry, it is like, you know, someone could whisper in his ear that Justin Trudeau did buy a pipeline. So, <laughs> like, you know, it's, it's all politics, and who knows? But I, I think where... What I, if I if I had to to take away from this election, uh, and where I would say I'm disappointed is, I think and it, I, it's a pox on almost all their houses. Um, I, I think we're left painfully divided as a country, regionally, uh, like you know by province, um, and and I'm not sure if there's any uh, any appetite to heal that or really any remedy to heal that or how they'll get started. And as well, where I, I would say I walked away most disappointed from this election would, would have been with, with sort of the Bill 21 stuff in Quebec, where I thought they all were quite cowardly, where they all kind of coughed into their elbow when they had to give an answer on whether as federal leaders they would stand up to the province on, on what is quite a despicable bill. Um, and I think that's just a telling reflection on uh, on Canada, where as much as we in Canada look down our nose at, at the United States, and, and we think we're so virtuous, and we think we're better than people, and we think just because Lester B. Pearson started peacekeeping that suddenly we're, we're the, the number one people in the world. Wow, well, we've, we've been riding on that one for a long yeah. time. But I just think that uh, when I look at the fact that no one... When, when you needed a principal leader of any of the three main parties to stand up against that, none of them would. None of them would dig their heels into the ground, and, and that's wrong. And I think that's also a reflection, like, you know, on the Canadian people with this election, where, like, you know, Justin Trudeau um, won the election, but we elected a person who, who like, you know, repeatedly, uh, like, you know, wore blackface, which is, which is racist, which is bigoted, which, 
which we all know better than. I've got, I've got a 13-year-old. I wouldn't allow her to do that, and she knows better than that. We have a prime minister who, who when he's come down to having fire people, what were they? They were female. Yet he claims he's a feminist. He claims to be uh, the best thing for our, not, not for our, because that's wrong, but uh, for, for Canada's indigenous population. And who did he fire? Uh, like, you know, the leading indigenous cabinet minister in, in his caucus. So I just think when, when we think we're better than each other, I think, no, no, we're not. I think maybe as Canadians, maybe we are a little politely, uh, maybe we are a little politely racist. Maybe we are, maybe we are just conveniently principled. So, and I think uh, someone like Justin Trudeau demonstrates that when it's someone we don't like doing something wrong, we light our hair on fire but. and demand they be strung up to the rafters. But when it's someone we kind of like, does something that's equally bad, we, we over-explain it, we rationalize it, and we, uh, we talk it away as, as a lesson learned from years ago, and I'm a better person. Now. And I wouldn't so, do it again, yes. Yeah, so that's just where I'm very disappointed. If, like, you know, as uh, an analogy I gave today, and maybe it's, it's a little harsh, but this is a podcast, so we can be a little harsh. Um, Kobe Bryant. Brought a whole bunch of championships to the L.A. Kings. But he also had a pretty, pretty, pretty vicious trial where it was alleged he had uh, he'd done some very horrible crimes. Hmm. But, you know, Kobe gets an Oscar and probably gets his shirt retired. So, like I said, when it's, when it's, when it's a person who, uh, like, you know, Donald Trump said, grab him by it. Bill, Co- Bill Clinton actually did grab them by it. Uh, when he was president, who uh, who were we more disappointed in? So, uh, like I said, I, I just think we've, we've become very convenient as a society, and I think it's because of a lot of social media. I think it's because of hyper-bipartisanship. And, and yeah, like I said, I don't know what the remedy is. Now, Wilson Rabo uh, won her seat. She did, so there we go. Quadra Vancouver. Uh, yeah. That's going to spark a little... Although she was very... Um, collaborative the other day when she was being interviewed she she indicated she'd be willing to work with the government let's back up for just a second minority government uh the comment was from some other people uh this might not be a bad thing for canada that in fact it actually might create a a more workable more um more collaborative more more unified approach to canada than having a a purely majority uh, uh government yeah, and you know what, anyone who sits behind a desk or in front of a chalkboard gives that explanation because all they do is theorize. But the reality is politicians don't work together. The system isn't based so that uh, a coalition or a minority government works in harmony and is cooperative and listens there. Can you tell me the last time a political party actually listened to its opposition? Didn't happen under uh, didn't happen under Justin Trudeau. No. Didn't happen under uh, Stephen Harper. Didn't didn't happen under Jean Chrétien. Uh, didn't happen under Dalton McGuinty. Didn't happen under Doug Ford. Didn't happen under Kathleen Wynne. Didn't happen under Ralph Klein. Uh, like the the reality is, we are a, a party based centralized power system. So this this whole concept that. You know what I mean? Now that they, they're going to be forced to work together and cooperate, it's like, 
No, they'll do it to survive until they can build up their coffers and their war chests. And they'll do it again. they'll find some stupid reason to go to the polls. And just like Dalton McKenzie did in a minority, just like Stephen Harper did in a minority, uh, and if they don't have enough money, then they just prorogue Parliament. So, you know, the, the, the spirit of cooperation is, uh, yeah. So, until we until we elect three hundred and thirty eight unicorns, there's no gonna, there's not going to be any cooperation. The so, the off goes the NDP to lick their wounds. Do you wow. think this is a good time for parties to rethink their brands, rethink their platforms, rethink who they are, and start? I mean, they say the best time to start thinking about winning an election is the day after. Well, you know oh. the rule, right? You got to get out there. Do you think that we're going to see? The parties, including the Liberals, say, okay, how do we differentiate ourselves? Yeah, well, I think uh, what you're going to have to see is uh, for the Tories, uh, they're going to have to tick back to the center to give Stephen Harper credit. Um, Stephen Harper was quite brilliant at getting all of the uh, social conservatives and the wackos, for for no better word, um, like, you know, usually into, like, you know, a closet in the basement and lock them in there. So they could never get out and speak publicly, especially to a journalist. Well, and um, Max... And Andrew Scheer didn't seem to be able to have that either strength of leadership or that will to do that. So I think if I think if the Tories can appear to be more like progressive conservatives and uh, and more like you know right of center as opposed to uh, right of Attila, um, they'll appeal more to that Toronto GTA Ontario. And Quebec vote. Um, even the fact that, uh, you know, with Andrew Scheer uh, on the abortion issue, like, you know, uh, Stephen Harper was prime minister for 10 years. He was a conservative. I would say more right wing than Andrew Scheer. It never got brought up. No, it never the did. The fact that he couldn't even contain that issue shows that I think they need to work on messaging and back to the center for the NDP. Like, you know, I'll be like, you know, Jugmeet Singh was on the ropes. Um, uh, I like you know there was talk of, of having him turf because they didn't even think uh, he'd get above double digits. But like, you know, like, I guess it's how you want to spin it. The reality is when they come in with twenty-ish seats, twenty-four. Like I think they started the election in the thirties. But like you know, they lost power. They got vanquished out of Quebec. Uh, they're now pretty much a, a BC regionalized party for. For, for all, all intents. For all purposes. Now, it'll only be, one... It'll be curious what the NDP decides it wants to be. Well, and what he decides as an individual. Yes. Now, yeah, at least he kept his seat. Maxine Bernier is no. gone. He no. won't even have a voice in Parliament anymore. No, no and, and rightfully so, and we're all better for it. But, uh, but I think a bit of reflection needs to go on the Green Party, because as much as... Elizabeth May, like, you know, it's all a battle of numbers, right? Technically, like, you know. Well, you, you expected, I expected. Seats, but, like, you know, when you look at the momentum they had. Uh, she uh, should have, she should have six to, six to nine seats anyways. It should yeah. have been that easy. She might have even made ten, but yeah. just yeah. did not do it. Yeah, so, the, like, you know, they've all got to reflect and, like, you know, find their way or try and find their way again. I wonder with the fact that, you know, with Justin Trudeau and the Liberals, because they had outlasted the NDP in 2015, um, and now seeing that the Tories uh, went from 95 seats 
up uh, into the 120s. Like, you know, is Justin Trudeau going to have to tick back uh, a bit more toward the center uh, with some of his fiscal policies, some of his energy policies, to try and uh, make inroads again in... Uh, in Alberta. In, in Alberta or Saskatchewan or, or BC. So Absolutely. You know what I mean? They, uh, until they start paying me, I'm not going to care as much as <laughs> they do. So... Uh, well, Todd Robson, I got to tell you, we appreciate your insight into the the events of the last twenty four hours. the The proof in the pudding will be what happens in the next four weeks, or the, as most people say, the first hundred days. Um, you know, we're now talking hundred days. We're talking early spring, and I wonder what the stink will be between then and now. Will we have any more scandals? Will we have? any more issues that are going to maybe blacken our Prime Minister's um, well, you know what I'm saying. Obviously not there. But, uh, but who knows, you know, and uh, what I do know is uh, because, like, you know, technically all three of the major parties failed last night. Um, I am sure the knives are out uh, in every party. Because, like I said, the only thing that a liberal needs to fear more than a conservative is another is a liberal. liberal. And uh, <laughs> when you look at the NDP, you <laughs> with where we live, like you know, uh, like you know, as I always used to say, the one place democracy goes to die is union politics, and uh, and like you know, the conservatives are always like you know looking over their shoulder. So I am sure all three parties right now are are sort of. Uh, are sort of like you know contemplating and i'm sure all three party leaders are are kind of doing a bit of a don corleone of uh, of having their friends close and uh, and some enemies closer because i guarantee you there's a lot of backroom chatter uh about uh, like you know people looking for opportunity and to make a power move. So. indeed well Dump them all. Uh, <laughs> todd robson thank you so much for your insights uh really valuable we will check in with you again maybe in the 100 days and see how the government uh of the day is is functioning and and how the rest of the people in the sandbox are playing thanks again perfect you anytime and thanks so much this has been Hugh Cruzel and in conversation with todd robson uh less than well, actually i think not even 24 hours after the federal election here in Canada uh, 2019. Bye for now, folks.